Welcome to the Flower Hour Podcast, the podcast where conversations blossom. It is your boy, Sean Flores. If you love this podcast and you've really enjoyed it, please share, subscribe and follow and look forward to the journey we will be going on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Flower Hour episode six today i'm going to be joined by andrew fuller we're going to be talking about everything from christianity to fatherhood to whether there's a role for christianity in the space of the black liberation movement so i'm just going to let everyone trickle in hopefully andrew jumps in and joins us as well i hope everyone's had a good day today and i hope everyone continues to stay engaged in what's going to be happening today most importantly because i think this is one of those conversations that again needs to happen so if you can see this andrew join jump in and join because i think this is going to be a really good one let me send this now i hope everyone's also enjoyed all the other lives that have come up so yeah let's get it popping And hopefully my connection doesn't play up with me this time as well. Yeah, Shawnee. How's it going, my bro? Yes, brother. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, bro. Can't How's life good. been? It's been a couple of years since it's we... It's been long. It's been long. It's been long, man. But I can't complain, Sean, man. Good to see you and hear you, man. Yeah, man. I see I see the beard's grown fully. I thought the locks were coming Oh, through. bro. I cut this off, you know, Sean, you know? Okay. Yeah, man. It was way, way longer than this, man. Why didn't why did, why you just let it continue growing? Ah, sometimes you've got a cut to grow. You've got a cut to grow, man. <laughs> it always has to come with something metaphysical, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it, bro. That's it. That's the truth, though. Yeah, man. So I just want to let you introduce yourself to all my guests and even your guests. So, so everyone knows who you are. I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, man. My name is Andrew Fuller. Uh, you know, pretty young, but at the same time, pretty old. You know, I love, I love, I love my family. I love, uh, I love helping people. No matter how that looks, that's, that's just what I'm about. Uh, I work with young people. I run my own businesses. And yeah, bro, you know, that's me, man. You know, everything I do, I do it to the full. I do it to win. And I, and I do it to help others win, you know? And, and are you still doing your preaching as well? Are you still with the Seventh-day Adventist Church? I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the Most High, put it that way. I'm with the most high. I'm with I'm with no church. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I don't back the Seventh-day Adventist church, but you know, the Seventh-day Adventist church isn't my that's not where my faith lies. Okay. So 
you know. Because we, we both grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church. That's right. And how has life changed for you ever since, um, you know, I, I suppose, have you moved away from Seventh-day Adventism? Or what's happened? So I've not moved away from it, but I've moved away from it. It's a, it's a, it's a sticky one because when it comes down to the church, Sean, the church is a body of, of, of people, right? They go to the building once a week, bro. Like, what can really flourish once a week? Mm. So now, now you get what I'm saying when I say that I've moved away, but I've not moved away. It's like I've moved away from playing football at the park, but I've not moved away from football. Okay. You know what I mean? SDA meaning football at the park or church meaning football at the park, but I still love football. You know? Yeah, for people that don't understand what Seventh-day Adventism is, um, essentially it was founded by Ellen G. White, who um, it's like a branch off of the Protestant denomination of church. Um, I grew up in it. Um, so, interestingly, Seventh-day Adventism has some of the longest living Christians in the world, actually, in California. A lot of them live raw vegan as well, so that's a very interesting point yeah. to make. Yeah. I think the church we both went to, though, not many people were vegan, but... That's all another debate for another day. Yeah, man. yeah, man. But no, I wanted to take the time today to ask you just about topics such as fatherhood, Christianity, mm -hmm. you know, religion in general. And I think my first question to you would be, so Christianity, is there a space for Christianity to liberate black people in this current time at the moment? Yes and no. Yes and no. I'm going to be honest, bro. Mm. Yes and no. And, and you have to understand, Sean, right? Things get sticky when you talk of religion. Things will never be like plain sailing, smooth conversation, like just flowing like water. It will never work like that because you've got so much opinions. You know, you've got one book, a million different views, right? So what I can say is this, Sean. The man who we hold high, right, regardless of who we think and what we think of the man that we hold high, it's the man that we hold high, Jesus Christ, right? When, when you look at what he came to do, right, you, you would find it hard to argue against his morals, his lifestyle, his mission, like his aims. You would find it hard to do that. But then the people take on the Christhood and they change who he was and they change it completely and they make it into a religious, you know, something they make it into something very dogmatic and very structured and very you know do's and don'ts and can't go here and there and then cultures start to build their own philosophies on the bible so they make the bible sound like what they want it to sound like and years and years and years of people have been doing this for many years so it's like you look at a text Sean, right where it says a woman should stay silent in church and then people would say you see you see the church you see the church because the, because, because the actual churches are upholding that. There's no women in our churches representing, right? Then you've got, let's say, for instance, Sean, about what we wear to church. You'll read a Bible text that might say a woman shouldn't wear man's apparel. So then the culture will take that text and then live it out according to themselves. And then people from the outside are looking in thinking they can't even do this. They, they, they can't wear that. They can't eat that. And a lot of us, we build our faith, not on the man, Christ Jesus, but on our cultures and what we want to do personally. And that's why I've left that side of religion. I, I have nothing to do with that side. And that side have nothing to do with me. If the, I'm, I, you know, like, I'll be real. Like, I'm not the same Andrew, Sean, where, you know, everyone's like, yo, Andrew, you know, come here and come there. Only the real want to hear what I'm saying, bro. And I'm not talking about Christianity or church. I'm talking about, I'm a man, Sean, living seven days a week, bro. I go to church one day a week. How can my life be, be, be evolving around the building? That makes no sense. So that, that, that's where I found my faith. Like, my faith got, you know, revived and rejuvenated from a different perspective, you know? But Christianity, being real, Sean, it's, 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 it's all over the place if you're going to look at it based on denominations, doctrines, right, beliefs. Like, if we were to debate that, I could even argue some things that will make you shocked and you'll think, huh? Like, seriously? But we believe that the channel that God chose 
were men who were finite. They weren't perfect and men make mistakes. So I'm not the one to look at an error, Sean, or a discrepancy, Sean, and be like, let me throw out the whole concept of God because men made mistakes, you know? And that's, that's me. And that's why I say my faith finds a home or a bed because I know and I believe in my God and no one can take that away. Facts don't cause me to stay with Christ. Information is not why I'm here. I've had an experience and you can't take that, if that makes sense. If you call me crazy, then call me crazy, but it's my experience, you know? And so you've come to the realisation that culture typically dictates how we worship <laughs> the Jesus Christ, because I'm not um, religious anymore at all in any sense. Yeah. I still believe in a higher power necessarily, but yeah. I don't subscribe yeah. to the yeah. doctrine of religion. So mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. separating culture from religion, some people, many people are going to say that culture and religion are inextricably linked. Yeah. How can we take away culture away from religion and find a place where we individually find home within the concept of Jesus? That's right. Now, that's what I believe. What you just said, I believe that. Culture, you can't take them. You can't separate them. God knew who he was dealing with, human beings. We live in different parts of the earth. We do different things, right? We have different ways of doing things. So God, I believe, wants us to live out, right? Our truth, right? Through him, where we are. If I'm in Africa, how we do things in Africa looks different to how we do things in Switzerland and then in Jamaica and then in England and then in Scotland. So when I say, Sean, right, that we, we, we look at culture over God, what I'm saying is this, Sean, right? When the Bible is suggesting certain things, we will bypass it and be like, no, right? Because in my culture, we don't do that. Prime example, right? Music, Sean, right? You know where we're from in Balham, right? And you know that there was no dance in the church, bro. Yeah. And the Bible says, but, but Sean, the Bible says dance. Yeah. So then Jamaicans more time are the ones saying don't dance. But the Jamaican culture is dance. So that lets me know that the white man, not to be, you know, sound a bit crude, but the white man, you know, came and, and, and literally warped our view of God, gave us their religion, gave us their way of doing religion and their way of doing church. And we took that and we made that our way. So when you and I grew up in church, Sean, right, and we were listening to music that was called holy, it was holy, like the quiet music was holy. Soft music was holy, but loud music is of the devil. You know, drums are of the devil, but the piano is righteous when the instrument has no power. But the instrument player brings the, brings the food to the table, not the instrument. That's what I'm talking about, Sean. So it's like, even when you look at, let's say, some African countries, you see them conservative. I've been to Kenya to preach many times, right? And when I'm in Kenya, I'm like, why, is the, like, why are they wearing suits and ties and waistcoats? Why, why are they wearing loafers and... They, bro, they're hot. They're, they're sweating. Bro, wh wh why are they singing songs as if they're in Europe? You, you, you know the answer to that already, Sean. So, so my point, Sean, right, is yeah, yeah. despite what I believe, bro, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we've not been messed up as a Christianity movement. But I'm saying this, Sean, that I believe that, re that regardless of the mess, regardless of the discrepancies, even great though they be, there is something greater that I can prove to anyone, right, anybody, facts, that there's a power that's high, facts of life. Regardless of what you believe it is, I know that there's a power that's high up there. And I would have left Christianity if it wasn't for my experience with my God. Facts, bro. Facts, Sean. Like, bro, when I was in Balham, do you think, Sean, I was, I was not doing a bit of dirt outside? I was doing major things, bro, major things that were... Far, far surpassing people who weren't even going to church. So the point is, Christianity didn't keep us broke, Sean. It didn't give us anything. Let's be real, Sean. It didn't, like, going to church on Saturday didn't make you go, this makes sense, bro. It wasn't even aimed at us, bro. It wasn't aimed at us. It was aimed at our parents and our parents' parents, bro. So religion lost the youth because we are real, Sean. We want the truth. You got pre-modernity. You, you got, pre -modernity, you got modernity then you've got post-modernity, right? In, in pre-modern times, you know how it goes, bro. In pre-modern times, bro, there was no questioning. There was no, hey, pastor, I don't understand that Bible text, right? It was the man at the front gives you what to read, gives you what to believe, and you believe it. 
right? Then you go into modernity. Modernity, we got a bit more, you know, eccentric. We got a bit more open-minded. But we, we were studiers in, in that time. We would study the word, but we would still look at the hierarchy and depend on what they say. But then post-modernity, Sean, the church is failing right now because we're failing to answer questions. And the reason why we're failing to answer these black questions, Sean, these religious questions about society and social justice, Sean, we've never ever dabbled in those things. The church has no answer. People in the church have an answer, but the organized bodies, they have no answer, bro. They haven't got an answer. Like the head of our church, bro, they have no answer, Sean. Let me be honest with you, bro. The head of our church, bro, they don't have a say. They're not trying to have a say. They're not trying to help our plight. They're not trying to understand our issues. But the one who they say they pr preach about, Sean, though, so, so the Sentimentalist Church, who I love, right, they, they preach the message, you know, last days, prophecy. But black people are going through hell and you can't even help them. You can't even fight for them. But you're talking and that, about... And that, again, that leads me on to a point that I've got to ask. So you're a Jamaican, if I remember correctly, Andrew, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, so we, again, we know from history that when Christopher Columbus, he sent his son Diego Columbus to Jamaica, mm -hmm. he opened the first church in 1502. Now, for anybody that doesn't realise, there's more churches in Jamaica per square kilometre yeah. than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Another fact that people don't realise that, for example, in Ghana, the arrival of the Europeans in the 15th century mm -hmm. brought around all sorts of denominations of religion. Now, you said that black people, um, the issues black people face is not being tackled by the church. So no, the question... So the question I've got to ask you is, with an institution that many people will feel is fundamentally white, colonial, imperialistic, is there really and truly a revolutionary space within that for us to tackle quote-unquote black issues? Yes. And that's, so, like, I've given you the no, Sean. Like, that was the no before. Like, the organised body, the structured body, bro, forget them. Forget them. They told you that was religion. They told you that we're the Christians, you know, the, the popes and the priests and the pastors. But in the Bible they showed, it wasn't like that, my bro. It weren't like that. There was one man and 12. There was one man and 12. They were moving around, hood to hood, ends to ends, block to block, bro. They were moving around, healing people, Sean. It wasn't about religion and, and philosophy. It wasn't about the depth of the mind and intellect. It was about they're hungry, let's go and feed them. Like, they're thirsty, let's go and give them water. They're in prison, let's go and get them out. You know, uh, that was the Christ I served. That's it. So whether we get to the debate about, do we believe it was Christ? Do we believe he was this? Do we... That's another debate, Sean, right? But, 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 but Christ has been whitewashed. He's been, like, everything washed. Like, we have, like, we have, uh, we have done crazy atrocities to the name of this man. Regardless of who he was, none of us were there. We weren't in those days. But the people after him, painted pictures of him and as it got down the channel bro it got to us looking warped and here is where it got messy sean the fact listen our forefathers who should have said stop in the name of the lord did not say stop they just said okay it doesn't really look like us or sound like us it don't really fight for us but hey it's christianity let's just do it and then our, and then our forefathers our grandmas and our granddads just accepted and i'm trying to say sean bro i'm from a Ghanaian community if you, and that i didn't even know sean bro so so my parents are maroons right yeah, of course. Maroons, not many right? people know so, that yeah yeah that's it man so i know the history sean of ghana and cape coast and you know uh, uh the akans like bro where i'm from in jamaica bro they still they still speak uh uh not tree but uh there, there's there's a uh, there's another term basically but the point is this was before tree was before tree was even there Cremanti. They speak Karanti, bro. So it's like when I'm in more town Jamaica and you're seeing, bro, that this, bro, they're playing their drums in the morning, you know, you know, like Granny Nanny, who was the king of Ghana at the time when they came from yes. uh, Ghana to Jamaica. The king at the time, that's Granny Nanny's brother. So she was the one that came to Jamaica, defeated the English with the army, all of the stories, all the stories. But that's where I'm from, Sean. So it's like we researched the fact that you know, Christianity, and I don't want to get too deep because I'm still learning and studying because my ethos and my principles are based more on helping people, Sean. You're not going to find me in the debates or 
you know, having those three-hour conversations about, you know, is Christianity the right way forward? I don't really debate much. I just live my life and do my thing. If people don't want to believe it, it's okay. I don't try and convince anyone, Sean. That's, that's, that's the new me. Like, if someone says, yeah, but why do you think Christianity is right? Or proof to me that God is real. I'm not going to try and prove to you. Because it doesn't work like that. It's, it's like, yeah, like, go out with me. Like, be my boyfriend or I'm going to hurt you. It doesn't work like that. Let people find what they're going to find. If God is real, they'll find him, Sean. That's my ethos, bro. But studying the depth of Christianity, I've looked past slavery. I've gone past, like, you know, where we said the white man gave us, you know, Christ. Not to go too deep into that, but, bro, like, I'm saying, Sean, something problematic now. The white man could never have given us Christ but the white man could have packaged Christ in a warped way to get us to think like them, but it doesn't mean they originated this religion or this faith. It, what it says, Sean, is that they, they bamboozled the world to make the world think that this is ours, like Jesus is ours, and white supremacy and racism, and it's our God, like Christ is white. So if that's what I've seen, I'm going to not look further than a white man. I'm not going to look further to Africa, Sean, because what I've been taught was Christianity is white. But I'm saying, forget that. Them man were washed. Them yeah. man tried to, 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 to mess up the black man and give us something different, right? And I'm saying, Sean, that in my Bible, there's something that says this, Sean, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And these are the Bible texts that we don't really talk about. Just oh, taste and see. If you don't want to taste, it's okay. But when you do taste, right, if you like it, it's, it's good for you. But it's the principle, Sean. A lot of these people that go to church, they go to church every Sunday, every Saturday. Bro, they ain't doing nothing, bro. They're just going to church to sing songs and listen to preaching. They're not well, doing nothing, bro. They're not that... in their communities. They're not helping the man on the road. They're not, they're not getting prison, bro. Isn't that, Sean, bro. isn't that the very idea that church to some people is nothing more than a band-aid that helps them serve towards their own needs? And yeah. another question I want to ask you. So... You said that Jesus, you know, it, it shouldn't, essentially, it, it, the context of Jesus doesn't matter whether he's white or not. However, no, 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 no. I didn't say that, Sean. So, so do you think it matters? So, it, think about Sean, right? It has to matter because he, he is who he is. You can't change him and say, but it doesn't matter, though. Bro, he's been changed. Like, let's be honest, bro. He's not got blue, he's not got blue eyes. He's not got straight hair. Right? We, we know what color Jesus is, bro. That matters, bro. You have to represent... This is what don't matter. Represent him as he is, and then say it don't matter. M make sense, Sean? Yeah. Well, that's typically what a lot of people do. A lot of people change the context of his appearance, and then they say it doesn't matter when yeah, you want to change. Rubbish. And recently, Sean King, I'm not sure if you saw the black activist, was saying that yeah. we should tear down um, statues of Jesus Christ because it's another form of white supremacy. And I believe it's that. And I believe literally, that. it is geographically, yes. genetically, and mm -hmm. phenotypically impossible for Jesus to have looked white with blue eyes and blonde hair. Now, we know when we look at Revelations verses 13 to 17, brass, his hair, brass, you know, his hair was like wool and so on and so on. So why has the portrayal of a white Jesus played such a long hold in the community and do you think it also stops the community from moving forward yes but when i'm about when i'm about sean and i deal with the people and i show them the real they listen but they've not got a lot of me around i'm going to be honest with you right it's all well and good having me as the foot soldier but you need people like me in the hierarchy because i'm saying this sean if I was in those 50s or those 40s or those 30s, and I'm looking at this white Jesus big man as a pastor in the 40s, I'm telling them, listen, bro, listen, I could care less if my wage is going to be affected. I could care less if you... You can't sack me because I work for Christ. Sean, are you seeing how religion has messed us up? Religion gets men trusting in the system so they keep quiet for fear of, 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 of losing their job or losing their position, or losing their power. So, so even though you have black men in authority positions, in, in authority positions, right? They're not gonna stand up, bro. That's your answer to the question. That's why it's not gone anywhere, Sean. Because 
A white man's not going to stand up and say, tear down white Jesus. That takes a black, bold man or a black, a black, bold woman, right? And we've not had that, Sean, bro. So we would see atrocities happening in our very own church, Sean, right? If you didn't know, Sean, right, between me and you, right, between me and you, right, a lot of our institutions are racist, bro. In Absolutely. Our, no, Absolutely. Like in, in our church, Sean, right? Absolutely. Like, Sean, why no one said nothing, bro? Why no one, but, but, but Sean, if we're, Sean, if the Christian church can't even protest against racism in the church, what, why are they going to protest against racism in the, in, in, in the hood? Why? Why would the pastors now, Sean, stand up? George Floyd, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, all of that stuff. And we know the Black Lives Matter, Sean. That's not a discussion. But you got my point. Why would they stand up, right, when black people are dying outside the church and when there is a systemic racism outside the church, when they're not even standing up for systemic racism inside the church, bro? You see it, Sean? And that's why I said we, are, we have taken our eyes of who Christ is, what he does. Christ is an, he was an, bro, listen, he was a black activist. How about that? Bro, Sean, regardless of what you believe of Christ, cool. Don't make it about belief or faith, Sean. Just see it as, read about the man. Just read his story, big man. Whoever was going through hell, he stood up, bro. No matter what, whoever was going through, uh, through problems, bro, he stood up, my guy. Do you know the story, Sean, when they were selling, they were, they were, they were selling and buying in the temple? What did Jesus do, Sean? He went into the temple, the synagogue. Bro, he mashed up the place. He literally got the tables and chucked it in the air and said, come out the place, you den of thieves. Now, basically, bro, the high priest and, and those in official positions, right, they were charging extortionate prices because they were making a sacrificial offering, you know, to cleanse from their sins. And they were charging them high prices to get grace, bro. They were charging them prices to get grace. Sean, look in 2020, bro. Don't you see that now? A lot Absolutely. of these mega churches. These mega Absolutely. churches. Well, we know that. People. We know that church is, is a major business. And it's a business, I bro. Forgot the, I forgot the statistics for just how many, um, how much money that the church, black church makes. And That's right. if That's they crazy. pulled all the money together that the black church made, we could save a lot of people. That's now, right. I wanted to ask you as well. As much as we both agree that religion perhaps has a space within the emancipation and the liberation of the black community, what is it about religion that black people hold on to so hard, do you believe? I believe, Sean, bro. It's just the way it's been, my bro. It's the way it's been. The minute we're born, we're singing the songs of religion. We're singing, we're reading, we're praying. You know, I'm, we're not even Christian, but grandma's praying, Sean. Like, most people go to church on a holy day, right? It's like it's embedded in us. It's natural for us. Even if we don't go to church, Sean, right? Or we go to church on Christmas, or we go to church here and there. It's like it's just the norm for us. It's like, you know, then, Sean, to let it go, right? Think about it, Sean, right? A lot of our grandparents and our parents, right? Not in a bad way. They're not holding on to the ethos of who Christ is. They're holding on to the form of who God is. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's the ceremonies. They're holding on to the, to the way of religion, to, 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 to come into church and think the structure. That's what keeps them, bro. Think about it, Sean, right? We've seen abuse. We've seen, we've seen pedophilia. Bro, we've seen extortion. Bro, we've seen money scams. Bro, we've seen... Uh, jealousy, envy, malice, every sin that we talk about outside is in the church, bro. It's right there, bro. And the reason why, Sean, is because the Bible says, right, the church, in the Greek word, Sean, the, the word church is ecclesia. And that word does not mean building, Sean. That's where we got messed up, my bro. The word, so when Christ says, talks about church in New Testament, right, he's not talking about the building. He's talking about the body of people, believers. When one is down, we fight for them. When one is hungry, we fight for them. How can young black boys be, be committing suicide, Sean, right? At this alarming rate, and the church is doing nothing about that. Bro, how does that even make sense, bro? Young black boys are dying, committing suicide, more than knife and gun crime, by far, by far. And there's nowhere for young black boys to go to when they're struggling mentally. Young black girls are fatherless, but there's nowhere to go. Because when we go to church, Sean, it's about sit down, listen, sing. Hi, hi, everyone. 
dance a little bit, then go back home. That's the devil's number one recipe to, 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 to annihilate Christianity, right? And cause us to have no effect in our communities. Our communities don't know us, Sean. You know this, bro. When we were going to Balham, no one next door of Balham knew us, bro. They didn't like us, bro. They didn't come to our church, Sean. And that is where the problem lies. We have to change the narrative and let people know that we are actually there for people. Like, we are... Church is supposed to be like this, Sean. You go to the community and you ask them what they need and you provide their needs because we are like a business in the sense that a body of believers, we put money together. We put our finance together. We put food together. We put our clothes back together. We put our football club together, our basketball club. We've got our mental health uh, society. We've got trauma therapy society. We've got how to help young pregnant women. That's the church. So when we look around the community and if someone needs any help, Sean, we can help them. We can, it's not about, oh, get baptized or, or give tithe. It's not about that, Sean, bro. But because we have a building and a system and we have, you know, men who need this and need that, Sean, or women, whatever it is, we have to structure it money focus, baptism focus. You know, we have to tick off the boxes, all of these numbers, foolishness. But as my sister said, when you read the book of Acts, Sean, just read Acts and you would see that the church was on fire just helping people. There was one Bible text, Sean, it says this, bro. It said this, Sean, nobody in the church was in need. Do you know how mad that is, Sean, bro? Nobody was in need. Nobody was in need. And if anybody was in need, everybody would know. Sean, that's not the church I subscribe to. That ain't the church of the Bible. And that's why I said, I am about my church, Sean, but then I'm not about my church. And I've told everybody this. I'm not hiding that. I let anybody know that I don't back the way churches run. I don't back the system, bro, because the system ain't doing anything for people who need help. Simple. It's simple, right? And the system needs to get broken down. If God is real, he will mend it and put it back the way it's meant to be. Simple, Sean. That's it. As you've made some incredibly powerful statements and to tear the church apart and to rebuild it I think some of the things you said quite likened to the Black Panthers, you know, what they made. You know, they held the police accountable. They had an education system. They had a food system. That's right. They had systems that were outside of the Black Panther ideology, but still worked towards saving and serving the needs of their community. Yes. Now, when we think of the church, we think of institutions just as much as the nation of Islam. That's right. right. They're very separatist in their ideology. And I find they don't always help the community that's in need. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're to tear that apart and break it all apart, you and I both agree we could be onto something amazing. But it leads me on to another question um, that I've got to ask you. I know you're um, you're a father as well. And I've got to ask this question. How important is it for children in the black community to see good role model parents and fathers who believe in the concept of something bigger than them and serve the community most importantly. That's right. Let me, let, let me blow your mind, Sean. I'm telling you, watch this, Sean, right? My daughter really goes to church. She really goes. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm happy. I'm not going to take her to see the system and become, you know, institutionalized. It's not going to happen. Sean, mm. you know, Sean, right, that the Bible literally tells us, right, this is how we're supposed to rear our children. The, yeah. family, the family circle, mother, father, right? Children, education, right? Uh, economics, right? Uh, health, right? Mental, physical, right? It's the home structure. Society is a mess, Sean, because of fatherlessness, right? Yeah, motherless too, but far, fatherless homes, bro. I, I'm telling you, that, like, you know this fact, Sean, right? So, absent fathers, right? Domino effect, but then you got absent fathers and I'm still going to church. Mum and dad are arguing, I'm still going to church. Uh, I don't even like, bruv, bruv, hey, oh, sure. I'm, bro, I'm abusing my kids, but I'm still going to church. Um, my kids, bro, he's traumatized. Uh, he's got all of these issues. Uh, he's got a stutter. He's stammering. But bro, we're still going to church. That's the issue, Sean, bro. So Amira, my little girl, I teach her standard of morality. Good and wrong, right? Right, right and wrong right? Good and evil, right? Come on, come on, man. I want my little girl, Sean, to see what a mother looks like and what a father looks like, what love looks like. 
what, what, what consistency looks like, what peace looks like, what joy looks like, and happiness, right? Sean, if my daughter never steps her foot into a church and never opens a Bible in her life, Sean, do you know, Sean, right, that I am saying that Christ, in my opinion, this is, this is me now, Sean, right, that Christ has still been, has, he's been lifted up more than if you give them the Bible. Because I don't believe that the Bible, the Bible is a book, Sean, right? But when you think higher, think about it logically, Sean, bro. If you tell your daughter, uh, don't do this, uh, love your enemy, uh, give to the poor, what's more powerful? Daddy loving his enemy or reading to his daughter to love your enemy? So what you're providing that's right. an what the black community role need, model. Thank you. What the black community need to understand is that we have failed with this religious system. We have failed. All of our youth, most of them have left the church because we yes. did not get practical. We, Sean, we did not get the practical of what they were saying to us, bro. Ah, oh, don't go clubbing. Ah, oh, don't eat this. Ah, oh, don't eat that. But why don't you show me what God looks like then? Just show me. If God is real, why don't you act like him? If God is real, why do you always argue and fight? Why is it that you guys don't even act like this at church? But then you go to church and you're, you're now you're, hey, hi, everyone, hi, everyone. And then you go home and you're miserable. But, then, God... but Andrew, yes. a lot of these things are simply human nature. A lot of us are victim to, you know, I, I, I know perhaps from some people's ideology, if they're religious, they're going to say it's sin. And it's, sometimes it's simply human nature. We argue yeah, yeah. and we don't always role model. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, so I left the church when I was around 16. I've never necessarily believed in the concept of Jesus. I've always been a questioner. I've always been a wanderer. I used to go back to church to play football and to chill with people. I and never get went bust up his role, Sean. Huh? And get mash up his role. Yeah, I, you know, now nah, I used to not make you regularly. But <laughs> another day, that's not for another day. But yeah, you know, speaking about that sort of stuff, you, active role modeling is key. Yes. fatherhood i think is one of the most underplayed undervalued and underrated components in the family structure today why do you believe that fatherhood is no longer what it used to be and especially within the church how can fathers do better by their children answer number one we've never seen fatherhood being done i have never sean i know you've never yeah sure, cause, yeah yeah because my father died unfortunately yeah yeah Okay, sorry to hear that, Sean, man. So imagine this, Sean, right? My dad was, is alive. But I, I didn't see fatherhood. I saw rules, bro. I saw, I saw don't do this, don't do that. Bro, I've studied fatherhood, Sean. I, I, I know what fatherhood is. You know why? Because I've never seen one properly growing up. So I made sure that I know what this thing is. I've got to know what it is, bro. I've got to know what children require from a man and a father. I've got to know what emotional side of a man needs to be opened up. I have to know that, you know, the limits and the balance. So I learned that, Sean, right? And as a community, we've never seen that, bro. We, we've seen fathers who are, who are working hard, Sean, and they work hard and they get money and they come home and they put food on the table and they provide. We've got providers, 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 but we don't have emotional fathers. We yes. don't have understanding fathers and fathers yes. who, are, who are able to sit us down and have a conversation, bro. Yes. It, having a conversation with daddy didn't make sense, bro. It was yes. always a conversation when I'd done something wrong. I would get called when I'd done something wrong. But when I'd done something right, no affirmation. So when I get my daughter or my son, I don't have that affirmation gene. I don't have that, that hey, good job in my brain. I, that's not in my subconscious mind. That's not a program, right? We are not programmed, Sean. The, in my opinion, the black man is not naturally programmed to be on father mode. We're not. It's like black boys, we get kids and we grow up and we just treat our kids how many others treat their kids and how my dad treated my kids and it's normal bro i've seen it my whole life sean that's why i'm trying to say i had to break myself down humble myself right i had to humble myself and say i want to be the dad that i did not have but guess what i love my dad this is not an attack on my dad this is just letting me know my dad did not have the tools because his dad didn't have the tools but we have to break the mold that's what i'm trying to say sean we've got to stop making this about religion and that's why i rate you because people sometimes look at Sean and might think, yeah, but he's not even forget. What do you mean he's not on religion, bro? What, what has religion what has religion done for me, Sean? Bro, tell me. What, what has going to church week after week done for me? I'm sitting there telling you that what you see was nothing to do, bro. It was 
No, let, let me not say nothing to do. It was, it was, you know, sell them to do. It was, it was a little, little part of church, bro. Church is what made me leave. Church is what made me do crazy things outside because it was like a prison, bro. It was a prison. It was a prison, bro. So in my opinion, Sean, fatherhood is deeper than church. Absolutely. 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 So, bro, if no fathers went to church but became fathers, the world would change. But fathers are lacking being fathers. Like, they, they are sacrificing being fathers because they're busy in church. Pastors, Sean, too busy to be husbands, too busy to be fathers because they're visiting a thousand members and they're visiting all of these members and they're going around knocking on doors and, you know, they're busy, bro. They're tired. Our system is flawed, right? Our pastors are too busy. They got too much work to do. So they can't be with their wives and they can't be with their kids, right? So, so watch this, Sean, right? Children in the church, do your research, Sean, pastors' kids more time yeah. leave the faith. Yes, they absolutely. need the faith. Do you know why, Sean? Yeah. Because their fathers are not, they're not, they're not present, bro. Uh, yeah. Sean, I am an overseas speaker. You know this. I've preached in over 20 countries around this world, bro. Like from the age of 16, bro. And I've got a family. Sean, I almost lost my family. I almost lost my wife and my daughter because of busyness for the church. Are you out of your mind, Sean? And this is why I said, Sean, right? I rarely travel without my family. If I'm going to go abroad, if you can't pay for my family, get, listen, Come from here. If I was to tell you some stories, Sean, right, about churches who look at me and they say, oh, you're just money hungry. Oh, all you're looking for is money. No, Sean. I've got my own businesses, Sean. This is what it is, Sean, right? All I'm saying is this. When I leave my family to come and work for the church, you guys are not going to put my energy back into my body. You guys are not going to be there for Amira when she does not have her daddy for two weeks, when she's crying out at bedtime and can't see me. So when I put my price on my ministry, it's not a price so I can go and buy a BMW, bro, or I can go and buy some Louboutins. This is a price that I put on my ministry because my family need reimbursing. You see that, Sean, bro? And that's the fine line of ministry and money. Preachers shouldn't work for, for money and, you know, be money hungry, but but the Lord provides. It's like a system, Sean. The Bible says those who live, who preach the gospel should live by the gospel. But at the same time, you don't extortion people, right? Mm -hmm. But the church have big, big budget, Sean, you know, and they put their money on some foolishness. On some foolishness. Sean, we've been there, bro. When did we get the gym so we can play football? Yeah. That was when we, bro, we were almost left by then, Sean. Bro. Yeah, that was years. I, I wanna... Years, bro. Think about it, Sean. Think yeah. about it, Sean, bro. Yeah. But how much things do you think was bought in, in between that? Because oh, we yeah, were... we bought in new pastors and stuff. Thank and you. So Sean, we were not the focus. Children and youth and women are not the focus of the church. It's not. It's not. Um, somebody asked quickly what are the topics that we're discussing. So this is to Jaden. I'm saying... The topics we're discussing are Christianity and now we've moved into fatherhood and we're trying to wrestle with the idea of institutional, um, um, I suppose, institutional failings by the church. And we're talk I'm speaking to Andrew now about how important fatherhood is and, fa and Andrew was explaining that if he's asked to go somewhere, father, um, his fatherhood is more important. So he has to have his family travel with him. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you another question, Andrew. You have how many siblings? Five. And where did you, when did you come to that realization that you were not going to raise your child perhaps the way your father did? It was when I lost. I lost, I lost, I lost hard. I got married and I, and I fought. Yeah, this is just marriage. It's just fatherhood. And I lost, right? Uh, black men mainly because of our trauma. I was breaking this down in the video last two years ago, Sean, right? About uh, the white community. Oh, quickly, um, to poet Jess, the live will be saved. It'll be yeah. saved on my page. So it's going to be there, just so you know. Yeah. So the white community have a lot of work to do. They have to go back into their history and heal from the systemic racism. Facts. Like, white people think they're not racist. It, even if you don't think you're racist, there is embedded, it's embedded there somewhere. There's something there that you have to look back and address it, you know, because you might not hate black people, but something there, Sean, bro, something there in your past, right, is, is, has been there. Forefathers, the four forefathers, right? So in the black community, Sean, trauma, I believe, 
is heavily our thing, right? You know, uh, post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome, bro. So we've been traumatized, Sean. Generation after generation, you know, the anger, the violence, the this, the that, the fatherless, you know, the man not getting respect, the black woman not getting respect she deserves and needs. So, Sean, I am a product, bro, of, real, of a real, real messed up cycle. So, so, so I thought marriage was going to be a breeze, fatherhood breeze. But I had to face my pain, Sean. And my pain that I was facing wasn't necessarily the pain that was my direct pain. It was the pain of my great-grandmas and my great-granddads and my moms and my dads and my aunties and my uncles. My environment shaped me, Sean. So my subconscious mind was shaped by the programs that was put inside of me, right? The Jesuits, Sean, right? They used to say this, right? Give me the boy from one to seven and I'll show you the man. So we are like a sponge growing up as kids. Yeah, we're manual. You see, Sean? So we, so, so, so like I grew up in that severe environment. You know, go to your room and don't do that and switch. And so I naturally gave that to my family. So I had to go in my past, face the pain, dig up the past, ask the questions. Why am I like this? Why is it that I don't like affection? Why is it that I don't like hugging and kissing? Why is it that I don't like smiling all the time? Bro, why is it that I'm about one thing, the man's on one thing, let's be real, bro. Bro, why am I like that, Sean? Why is it that I don't sleep in the bed with the woman back in the day, and then I wake up from doing the things, bro, and I'm like, all right, but I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not staying here, bro. Bro, these are the things that young black boys are never being taught, bro. No one isn't teaching us how to treat women. But Sean, when were we taught how to treat men and how to treat young boys and how to treat, you know, your friends? But when did we learn about relationships? You know, but when did we learn about money and finance, Sean? Bro, when did we learn about mortgages, bro? When did we learn about getting a car and fixing a car? We didn't learn that, bro. So I'm saying, Sean, that... Uh, so, so, so our narrative is like this. A lot of us have to lose to learn. Absolutely. That's, that's the sad reality. A lot of us have to lose to learn. And that's how I learned, Sean. That's what happened. I literally lost. And in my losing, I learned. I was humbled. And I was forced to get this thing right. And I'm still learning, right? Marriage is not an arrival. Fatherhood yes. isn't an arrival. It's about just being humble and real. I tell the mirror many times. So I'll make an L. I'll, I'll get the L, Sean. And I bring a mirror back and I'm like, a mirror. Listen, man. Daddy should never have done that. Like, that. That wasn't right. Sean, do you know the power of that? It's not about your mistakes. It's about communicating that daddy is human Absolutely. and he makes mistakes. Bro, that's the win, Sean. It's not being perfect as a dad. It's letting your children know when you're wrong as well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, Sean. Um, I want to, and you made, there were points there that I think a lot of us have to go home and wrestle with, most importantly, to tackle our trauma and trauma is typically embedded within our cultural experience as well as our religious experience. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the greatest proverbs I've ever heard from African, an African proverb is the child not embraced by its village will burn it down to feel its warmth. So when I grew up, when I grew up, my mum, I love my mum, but there's behaviours of my mum that I don't like. Mm. My mum wasn't very affectionate. She wasn't emotionally nurturing or nourishing. And I also got someone that said that their dad never hugged them, so they needed to drop what they grew up with um, and show that a man's all affection and open up to. So can we trust the community to give us what we need and to what fathers honestly sometimes don't have? Can we trust the community to raise them and to fill in for our emptiness sometimes? I believe, Sean, right? The old saying that says it takes a village to raise a child. No village in this generation is raising my child. Sorry. Oh. It's not happening. Come on, Sean, bro. It's not happening, bro. The, the, the 25 year olds, 24 year olds, 23 year olds. It's not a bad thing. Bro, we need healing, Sean. A lot of people that are trying to be the healer need healing. You can't be the savior and you ain't been saved yet. You can't be the Absolutely. healer and you ain't been healed yet. So if my child's going to be raised by the community, I'm going to be strategic. I'm going to be, you know, I've got to make sure that it's, it's the right community and it's the right environment. But this is me, Sean, bro. What Amira needs to see is not love from the community primarily. She needs to see love from daddy and mommy. So when the community give her love also, she can, she can, she can look and, 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 and see that's not true love. Or that's true love because daddy and mommy must give her the standard of love. I believe, Sean, 
it's out it's, it's uh, you know our job to make this thing straight it's not our parents it's us this generation and it starts in my opinion with the home bro we're great intellectually we're like great philosophers we read a lot think about it, Sean, bro we're good at with money we've got businesses our generation is powerful bro but one thing that i think that we're kind of you know, lacking a little bit, you know, a bit shaky. It's the family, bro. It's relationships. So wh where do you think... I, I say this to a lot of people. I think the nuclear family is ideal, but unfortunately, a lot of us can't grow up in that nuclear family. That's you right. said you it's wouldn't true. trust the community to raise your child. No, no. Let's say there's other people out there who have the same ethos as you, but they're single parents, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, yeah. How can we give them optimism to find... A, a, a hope that the community can help them to raise their child if they bro, haven't got bro, all the tools. We need community fighters, community mm. workers. We need people who are in the community. They're based there, Sean. That's their mission, bro. Once I see that, then I'm down for that, bro. We need like men like me and you and women like me and you to invest in the community and put on programs, Sean, like monthly programs for free, not no charging, bro. Go to the community and say, listen, knock on every door, Sean, and give them like a great flyer that says, how can I help you? We're going to put on a this program, a that program, in the, right there in the community, bro, right? And, and then, Sean, we're going to teach. And we're going to find out everybody's needs. Sean, if we know everybody's needs, Sean, these things are easy. Bro, Absolutely. we do it in our businesses, Sean. Like, I know all of the beds needs. Like, everyone's got a bed. I know their needs. I know how marketing works and how I can get, you know, emails out and I can get a response, subscribers, and I can send out. Sure, that's easy now, bro. That's why I said our generation has the most resources. Absolutely. We've got the most energy, the most power, the most money. But we're willing, bro. But we're the activists, Sean, bro. But I don't believe Sean, bro. Like, everyone's on this, you know, the black stuff. And that's great. I love that, Sean. But, bro, we have to be very careful to, to, to play smart at the same time. We can be activists, bro. We can be on it. And, yo, they got to get there. But, Sean, bro, our children, our children, fam, are behind us, bro. Bro, we got to teach them. We got to teach them not to heal from things. But why must they heal from things? I'm not saying what? that they're going to be perfect, Sean, you know. I'm not, don't get this, Sean, you know. I'm not saying we're perfect. Yeah. Everyone's always going to heal from something. Always, Sean, bro. Come on, man. But, Sean, put salt in my food. It's okay. But don't overdo it, bro. Don't I, make it tasteless. I, and I agree with you. And I remember my cousin one time when I had um, a conversation with him about issues that I've had. He said to me that, unfortunately, as children, we wear the sins of our parents. Sure. Say that again, bro. Unfortunately, as children, we wear the sins of our parents. And we're the ones that are burdened with having to remove the conditioning or however they've raised us. We have to be the ones to actively... That's right. ...to progressively remove right. that what we've had That's it. in That's order it, to get Sean. better. And That's as it. Because it's, it's, we've got a few minutes left because this, yeah, yeah. this has been so powerful. Yeah, yeah. What would be the message you have to people out there now watching, people that are going to watch, to give them hope of life in Christianity and, as you said, life outside of Christianity that we as a people and as individuals can do better? First things first, I want to say sorry on behalf of Christianity. We have failed the community. We have not been there for our for the plight of our people. I will apologize, Sean, bro. And what I'm saying is this, Sean, right? How we have represented ourselves is not the way we've been called to be represented. It's not. So let me put that out there first, right? Don't don't let's not debate about what we're doing. Forget that it was wrong. Cool, we get it. Amen. Hallelujah, right? But moving forward, right? Stop looking at institutions, at systems to save your life. Stop looking at it. Stop looking at it. Barclays Bank is great. But they're great to me only when I have, you know, when I put money into them. Absolutely. Right? right? So, so even though Barclays can bless us and Barclays can do things for us, we've got to teach Sean in our community that we have to be go-getters, bro. We have to get our happiness. Sean, my wife can't make me happy. Absolutely. The church can't make you happy, bro. Absolutely. The church can't make you happy. Absolutely. You, you have to find happiness. We are right? responsible so, for our own happiness. Yes, Sean. Yes, Sean. So that's my first message, right? Stop looking at the things that have burnt you. I'm with you. I am, I'm hurt with you. But trust me, you chasing them, looking for an apology might never come. Absolutely. Find happiness within yourself, right? That's step number one, Sean. So when people fail you, it won't hurt that hard. 
When the church fail you, it's not going to hurt that hard. I know the church has burned you. It's burned you. But the church has burned me too. But guess what, Sean? There's a reason why I don't care. Because my happiness and my peace comes from within. It doesn't come from a building. It doesn't come from a service. It don't come from religion. It doesn't come from that, right? I have to get to the place where I could say that I am at peace with me, right? Everything about me, right? That's number one. Last one, Sean, number two, is this. I said it before and I say it again. Church is not a building. Sean, I'm going to say it three more times. Church is not a building. One more time. Church is not a building, right? You are the church. If someone is hungry, what they need is bread, not a sermon. If someone is, is, is mentally ill, they need counsel. They Absolutely. don't need doctrine. They don't need doctrine. It's not about doctrine and, and, and truth yet. Meet the needs of the people. Absolutely. Hold your church accountable. Hold them accountable. If they're not meeting the needs of the community, they are not the church. Period. That's it, bro. That's it. How can you just come through, drop that, and just act like it's normal. Andrew, man. Sean, I love you, you know, Sean, you know. I you love you, know, you know, man. Let them know that, you know. This is it's my been, brother, everybody, you know. It's been years since we last yes. had a conversation. My and, uh, brother, Sean, you know. I'm proud of you, Sean, you know. Thank you, man. Thank you. Big We're gonna, time, bro. Big uh, time. Do you know what it is? I'm just trying to make sure I use the platform that I have that people can yeah. share and be exposed to messages like this. Like, although yeah. I think we both agree fundamentally on yes. certain things. yes. Absolutely. We have different ways in going about it. Yeah. But I think most importantly, there's hope for the community. Sure. And whilst I may not be Christian, I think other people yes. watching this live are going to take away so much. And Sean, give me one yeah. minute, Sean. I want them to know this. I know you're going to respect this. I could care less what Sean believes or what I believe. Sean's belief, even if it goes directly against my belief, he's my brother and that's what counts i am willing to walk side by side with sean even if i don't agree with everything he believes in if he needs me and he calls me i am there sean guess what sean that is what the church have failed to do and i agree we need to move past the doctrines and yes. look at the humans that that's need it. the help that's right Andrew, listen we've got to do a part two at some time i'm there i have you know to, got you sean. do you know what it is i've got to leave it um for a cliffhanger for people because i think if we go over time all right we can, we can go on for so much more all right, but all right, all right. i got i gotta say thank you so much because i again from the comments i say this every single live but there's so much people have taken away from this i'm sure and go and watch andrew's work i i, I listen to your lives regularly andrew i follow the work you do and i believe your daughter most importantly and your wife are in safe hands I think Love fathers Sean. typically are not appreciated enough. But I want to say on my behalf, thank you for what you do for your daughter and for your wife. Love. Because you'll see, the, you'll see the repercussions in the future, mm -hmm. honestly. So check out Andrew's work. This live will be saved right here on my page. So come in, comment, share, repost. Check out Andrew's work. But Andrew, listen. Bro. You see Love, bro. You, you, do you see the smile on my face? I'm going to feel so man. good tonight, man. Yeah, man. This Love has been Sean, a conversation that's needed. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. feel, I, feel, I feel like this has been like sort of a yeah. therapy for me. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah, man. This has been honestly like yeah. a therapy. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for giving this to us yeah. and to everyone. Like, you can just tell from the reaction already, yeah. man. Yeah, man. We appreciate honestly. that, Sean, man. Literally, bro. Literally, we're going to lock bro. in... We're going to lock in that part two, definitely. Yeah, man. And let's got, go, Sean. Let's go, man. Uh, definitely, man. Because I've got some other guests coming on, so it'd be yeah. great to have your opinion Definitely. and your views there, man. So listen, bro. to everyone that's watched, i got to say thank you. I know an hour feels like it goes by so quick, because it does. Mm -hmm. An hour goes by so quick, honestly. But Andrew, thank you, man. Take care, Sean, bro. i got to wish you a happy night, man. We'll keep in contact. Yeah, yeah man. Bless Take care, Sean, man. Take care, everyone. Peace in. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to having you again. If you've enjoyed, share, subscribe, follow and make sure everybody gets to have the blessing that is conversations. And remember, Flower Hour is the podcast where conversations blossom.